everybody, and welcome to 500 Open Taps. I'm Kava Taharian. And I'm Hannah Hillam, and we're your hosts. We're your hosts. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm nailing it. You are. We're killing it. It only took welcome. five episodes, and now we're into it. Welcome back. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we are hype for today's episode, as yeah. we are for every episode, for reasons I don't know why you're hype, because I don't know what you're going to talk about, but I'm hype for mine. Yeah. I just love to talk. Yes. <laughs> I do at as anyone. well. <laughs> at anybody. <laughs> uh, anything that you wanted to update us about or update the audience about since the last episode? Um, no. Which I realize as we're recording this, it hasn't we haven't been released re- yet. We haven't released it. <laughs> Listen, but, we're trying to get ahead. We're trying to get ahead so we can hopefully do this as like a weekly thing. And in order to get ahead, I'm, I got to apologize right now for anything I said in the episode last time that is offensive. <laughs> What did you say that was offensive? Nothing. I'm just pre-apologizing oh. just in case. <laughs> You're just covering your bases. You yep, don't know. Yep. I've come out against what I said. Yes, me too. And I'm in support of you coming out of whatever it was that you said. Again, it always comes back to, what is it, 30 Rock? We're like, when we said the thing about the, yeah. the thing. Like that. I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, anyway, but, but yeah, you, you were just saying that we want to get to a weekly. We go on to get to a weekly schedule at some we're, point. We're, yes, we're gonna we're aiming for that. It's it's a lot to. Did you know that like when they first did, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, Landgraf told those guys they were like, "Let's do a full season." He was like, "No, I'm gonna teach you how to make the show." So the first season's only gonna be about like six or ten episodes, yeah. something like that, because he wanted them to like really gain their footing before he threw them into the proper realm of whatever i think 12 or whatever that they do every episode so we're basically exactly like it's always in sunny in philadelphia just as talented just as hardworking. always sunny of podcasts (laughs) so we're trying to gain our footing properly so that we don't run too fast in the beginning and fall on our faces which Mm -hmm. we're going to do anyway but you know yeah for sure but let's minimize the falling on our faces a little bit Yes, agreed. Uh, I did watch Unrelated. I watched. Did you? Wa- I know the answers already know, but I watched um, wow. My Octopus Teacher last night. Did you ever see that movie? No, but I hear it's really good. It's it's a beautiful movie, and I almost wanted to just do a whole episode about octopi today, but I had already <laughs> spent so, so much time researching my uh, my my topic today that like I had to <laughs> I had to hold it back. We'll jam an octopus in there somehow. We'll figure it out. It'll yeah. We'll figure out a way to slip it in. Um, but uh, yes, go ahead and laugh at that hand. So it was good. It's you like rain. I look. You said slipping in. I couldn't help it. I'm a. I'm my mind coded. is garbage. My. <laughs> it's true. I almost forgot my own birthday last week. That's true. Oh, that's right. Happy birthday. I'm sorry we couldn't record oh, on thanks. your birthday, which was the case every time that we've recorded. There's been a birthday. Yeah. My family likes having kids in December and January, so. Good for them. Uh, but yeah, on the 19th, I was like, oh, tomorrow's my birthday. <laughs> uh, yes, happy belated, actually not belated, I told you happy birthday, but happy birthday from everybody on the podcast. Um, why don't we get into it now? I usually, based on the schedule, I'd be the one to go first, mm-hmm. but uh, I think I'm, I'd am i like to go second. Making the and I'll ex- executive decision to... You why. to- Yes. Well, I'm, I'm making a request. If it's okay oh. with you, I'd like to go second. Yeah. Yeah. I can go first again. Okay. Totally fine with that. Besides, Perfect. it makes sense because this week I um, am continuing from a tab I opened from last week's tab. Oh. So this is kind of the very first rabbit hole. Excellent. What do we call them? 
And I, yeah, like so I, I opened hole, yeah, a, rabbit holes. Yeah. I opened another tab while researching while reading last week's tab. And if you listen to last week's episode, episode four, um, you'll know that the tab is about the island of Niihau. That's right. Uh, and I'm just gonna jump right in. So it, to, just to refresh you, that island of Niihau is one of Hawaii's main islands that only has a few, like 40, 50 people living on it. It's privately owned, and it has been for over 150 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's very quiet. No one can go there. Um, it's mysterious. They call it the Forbidden Isle. And Forbidden uh, Isle. it's owned by a family called the Robinsons. And um, people are living here. They're kind of stuck in time. Yeah, not Robinson Crusoe, as we pointed out last no. time. Just a bunch of other ones. Just a bunch of other Mrs. Robinsons. Here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> Forbidden Island something, <laughs> I don't know. No. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. Yay, yay, yay. Good one. That was good. <laughs> Just on-air feedback. Nice, <laughs> <Yeah>. good one. <laughs> I like that. Keep that Keep that in. Keep um, it in. <laughs> so if you remember, I mentioned... <laughs> I, I mentioned... Uh, there was an incident that happened on the island in the 1940s. Yes. Um, yeah. And it was, I said, I wanted to get back to it someday. And I was like, I mean, you know what? I may as well just. <laughs> someday is, is immediately the is, next day. Is now because I couldn't stop reading about it. So I, I um, think this is great. I like the idea that you had something that you were going to do someday and you're just like, yeah. guess what? No, do it immediately. That's I how you achieve well. your goals. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. You're right. I never do that ever. I'm proud of you. Thank you. You're very supportive. <laughs> Okay. In the 1940s, uh, something happened called the Niihau Incident. And the story begins at 7.48 a.m. on December 7th, 1941, which is just a normal day that nothing happened on that day. Uh, I'm just kidding, except for Pearl Harbor. The attack on Pearl Harbor happened at 7.48 a.m. And it was the the Japanese attack on the island uh, that kind of pulled us into world, kind of definitely pulled us into World War II. <laughs> a little bit. It's a little bit of a nudge. <laughs> kind of pissed us off enough to be like, let's Just, let's yeah, join. Hair. Yeah. Um, yeah, a little bit. We don't love it. We don't love that when that happens. Not um, a fan. Not a no, fan we, of Pearl Harbor. We tend to go crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so there were two waves of attack. I don't know if you knew this. There was the first wave, which was, mm-hmm. it was all aerial. It was all an aerial attack. The first wave was primarily, um, attacking land like pearl harbor itself the land area around it and then Mm -hmm. um the second attack was attacking the warships that were in the bay um so the first fleet a fleet i don't know first group of of airplanes um, the first murder of of planes (laughs) the first flock of planes the first murder of planes planes. murder of planes (laughs) what's a group of planes that's that's Doesn't for us matter. to decide. I think I think murder of planes is good. Murder. The first murder of planes uh, attacks, <laughs> and then <laughs> a couple hours later, the second. And this is the one where our main character is is part of. So he is named. He is an airman first class in the Japanese uh, military, named Shigenori Nishikaichi. Mm-hmm. Really hope I said that right. Um, from okay. now on, I'll be calling him Nishikaichi. Um, he, he had participated in the second wave and while attacking his aircraft had been damaged because we did retaliate um, we fought back we are America we definitely did yeah. <laughs> we don't know how to do anything else yeah. um so he his his airplane is damaged and he had remembered that um 
his his uh, commanders have been like, okay, there's some uninhabited islands around Hawaii that you can crash land on if you need to, and we'll come pick you up. So he was like, oh, there's one. <laughs> and he looks at Niihau, and that was on the list of islands that was uninhabited. Perfect. Um, his pickup spot, his, his Uber driver knew where <laughs> to get him, his Uber flyer. Like, can you actually go closer to yeah. the, uh, anyway. Sorry, um, we're only going to wait for five minutes before we yeah. save you from this island and fly you back to Japan. Uh, anyway, so he he decides to crash land. And so he, he takes his airplane down, um, mm-hmm. control crash lands it in a field, in a deeply plowed field uh, on the island of Niihau, where, mm-hmm. if you remember, yeah. there are about, at this point, about 150 residents there who are farming and ranching. So he lands his plane and there's a guy standing there and he's just like, what? Because <laughs> all of a sudden he Excuse sees this airplane me? coming down and his name is Hawila Kaleohano. Kaleohano. That's a beautiful name actually. Isn't it? Kaleohano. Yeah. He was, he's a 29 year old and he lives on the island. Um, uh-huh. And he's like, dang, uh, that's a Japanese plane. And since he was cut off from the, the islands cut off from the world, but he- yeah. He, no one had heard of the attack, but he was not from the island. He had been living there for the last 10 years. And so he knew that there were tensions with the Japanese. And so he was like, better be safe, rather safe than sorry. And I'm going to take this guy's gun and I'm going to take his papers. <laughs> and I this think guy's in general, out. taking someone's gun is probably the smart move if <laughs> yeah. you can, regardless yes. if you have tensions with them or not. <laughs> and so Nishikaichi was like passed out in the airplane and the guy... Uh, um, Kala Yohano was like, here, take the gun, yoink, and the papers, yoink. yoink. Yeah. And then he wakes up and he's like, hey, dude, come here, come to my house, I'll help you out. And he takes him there. Mm-hmm. And of course, the whole island is like, whoa, this is the most exciting thing that's happened to us in a long time. So everyone goes and gathers around and like wants to see this soldier. And they still don't know about the attack. Um, sure. So they give him they just, food. They think it's like this visitor. It's just this random well, dude that's showing up. They think it was just some random like accident. Like, oh, he must have mm-hmm. been like... Well, they didn't really know the answer. And and yeah. so they, they give him food and water and like tea and coffee. And then they have a party because <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just like Hawaiian like what hospitality. Kind of party? Yeah. It was just a party. Like, you know, like a social, was were, like, an, yeah. like an ice cream social. <laughs> <laughs> like here, ice cream. No, but this like dazed out of it pilot's just sitting there and there's like a hundred Hawaiians why are being they like. celebrating me? <laughs> Here, have some food. It was just a welcoming party. Like that's just I think it's like very much like Hawaiian culture to be oh, like doesn't matter. I'm like the Persians would do the same thing. We'll just be like, listen, we're gonna feed you to death. We're gonna make sure we're dancing. There's a bunch of chai and tea. There's and all kinds of stuff that we're gonna do. And if you don't like it too bad, we're being nice, right? Yeah, we're gonna be aggressively nice. All you gotta do is make sure you take your shoes off when you come into the house. That's the most important part if you get invited. I made that mistake. I came to your house and I realized I was sitting on your chair, your couch with my shoes on. And I was like, I almost never oh, talked no. to you again. I was like, the podcast is over. <laughs> I took it's never off my happen. shoes off and I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm so white. I keep my shoes on inside, <laughs> which it's true. Um, I feel like the, the Japanese pilot did not do that, though. He's If he's Japanese, he knows. He knows. Take his shoes off. Yeah. yeah. He take, knows of to take his shoes off. So he didn't oh, make like that I said, I'm not saying yeah. I'm right. I'm saying... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he's sitting there and they're like, woo, and then they're trying to talk to him and he doesn't speak any English, like barely any. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this guy can't. We can't talk. And there are people who live on this island and in Hawaii called Issei. I think it's pronounced Issei. 
Um, okay. And Issei is a Japanese word for second generation Jap- Jap- Japanese person. So okay. there are a lot of people who moved to Hawaii to work on like plantations and, and farms and stuff. And so there yeah. were three Issei on this island. And so they call one of them who his name is. Um, oh, his name is Shintani. And he is a beekeeper. He's the island okay. beekeeper. He's like Hell a 60 yes. year old. I know, right? Love it. Yes. He's like a 60 year old. Into it. Uh, Japanese guy beekeeper and he comes to translate and he sits down with the pilot and he's like what's up with you and the pilot talks and everyone's like what are they saying and then the beekeeper just gets up and leaves (laughs) (laughs) and everyone's like sorry what and he just nopes out of there and so they're like get the other Japanese speakers here and the other people were this couple called the um, Harada Haradas and it was Yoshio, Yoshio and Irene and they're married and they mm-hmm. also speak Japanese. Um, when they talked about the pilot, talked to yeah. the pilot, they sat down and they're like, what is happening? And he's like, I totally bombed Pearl Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> I helped Bro. bomb Pearl Harbor. And they were like, what? Because they didn't, still didn't even know about it. Nobody knew. And so they sat there and they were like, we're not going to say anything to anybody. We're making For, the, the... Why? I don't... They, they just they made say, the decision. They don't explain why. They just decided to keep it a secret. They did did anyone ever secret. find out why the oh, beekeeper yeah. left? Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. Later. I'm getting ahead of myself. It's just kind of his personality. <laughs> I'm the beekeeper in this scenario. I would absolutely okay. just leave leave the situation because I'm you scared of You would be a beekeeper too. Yeah, ideally. But I think once I got stung, I'd be like, I'm done with this. I'm done with this. Um. So anyway, so they decided, they made this, this couple, Irene and Yoshio, made the decision to not tell. not translate all of it to the rest and so nishikaichi was like guys i need to get my papers back and my gun and i need to destroy my plane and they're like (laughs) and by this point uh oh and these papers the reason these papers are so important is because they have top secret radio codes and detailed yeah detailed passport or something (laughs) like identification papers oh no they have like Plans and maps, like detailed maps of like attack plans. So he's like, I have to get these papers back. And it's his cheat sheet. <laughs> he's like, I, how else am I know, gonna know who to yeah, tell? I tried writing it on my hand, but it wasn't enough space. <laughs> Look, it came off. Um, find out. So yeah. So fast forward to later on in the night, and then the news of the attack comes, and everyone's like, <laughs> puts the pieces together. Yeah. The, you oh, crash no. landed pa- here. We do a party for you. <laughs> yes. And. Even so, they're still like, look, we don't want to do this, but we're putting, we're locking you up. We're keeping you captive until somebody can come and get you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, because the next boat to people. come in. I like them. They're like, oh my gosh. They throw, the they throw a are... guest a party that's amazing. Yeah. And then they're not even like mean to the guy that bombed Pearl Harbor. Nope. They're like, we're just, we're sorry to put you away. It's almost, it almost well, sounds yeah. like, uh, yeah. I would feel, sorry, I, would, I would feel bad. I'd be like, he's just like some soldier. It's not like he's planned the whole thing. He's just doing what, anyway, it turns out he was not just home. some nice soldier. Well, so we'll get oh. to there. Um, <laughs> he kind of goes, anyway, you'll see. So everyone finds out about the attack and the Haradas still had not let anyone know that they were siding with him. So they were like, how about you stay with the Haradas? Cause they speak Japanese. And he's like, that sounds great. great. Yeah, that's your prison for the night. (laughs) So, no, for the next week. (laughs) For the next week. What does that say about the Haradas that they're like, we're going to punish you by putting you with the Haradas for a week? Well, it's no, because they only because they could translate. And they, the other, the beekeeper was like, man, Irene can't cook at all. So this is punishment (laughs) enough. (laughs) Maybe she couldn't. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows punishment enough? (laughs) 
mean. <laughs> then if that were the case, then no one would ever want to stay with me because I also can't cook very well. Um, so they placed five guards outside the house and their plan was to send him to Kauai the next day with the owner of the island who was coming every week. And he was supposed to arrive the next day, but mm-hmm. he didn't show up because the military is like, no boats, no planes, yeah, no one leave, complete lockdown of the islands. And so this boat wasn't getting anywhere near Niihau. Um, so the next day is December 8th, and it's when Roosevelt uh, asks Congress to declare formal right. war on Japan, mm-hmm. um, which is the last time we ever declared formal war on anyone. Uh, oh, otherwise we just went in? <laughs> yeah. We haven't yeah. declared formal war since December 8th, 1941. I don't think I knew that, that we never declared yeah. formal war. That's so the last time okay. we got technical, formal, um, like the go ahead from Congress. Yeah. Ever since then, it's just been kind of like, can we maybe, you know, it's, it's all very, no, we won't get into that anyway. Okay. It's all very sketch. So the pilot, uh, Nishikaichi is still there and it takes him days to be like, seriously, you have to help me, (laughs) you you know, trying to like appeal to their like nationality and their background and, and they agree to help him. And they're going to, they're going to try to figure out a way to get his papers back and his gun destroy his plane and get him off the island. So these people are basically oh. like traitors at this point. Yes. Oh, hundred percent. This is straight treason. This is yes. a, a, as treasonous as it gets. Yeah. It, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they, they find Shintani, the, the beekeeper and they're like, yeah. Hey, so can you go talk to um, Kaleo Hano, the guy who found him and took mm-hmm. his papers. And can you just see if you can like bribe him to give those back? And Shintani's like, Ugh, okay. So he goes, and it's pretty obvious he doesn't like confrontation <laughs> because he tries to bribe them once, and he's like, yeah. no, absolutely not. And so then Shintani feels like super nervous that he failed them, and then he just like runs away and hides in the woods, which <laughs> <laughs> hashtag relatable. I would hundred percent do. <laughs> I'm sorry I let you down. Okay, one time I owed somebody money and it was not a big deal. And I saw them on campus and I mm-hmm. ducked. <laughs> we were in the campus bookstore and I saw them and I ducked down like I was going to get in trouble. That's how uh, anti or how against them. Um, that sounds like you're just avoiding creditors. That's different. It does, but it was my friend. <laughs> it was, I didn't want to anyway. disappoint him by knowing I didn't have the money yet. Yeah. No, Did you ever pay exactly- them back? Yeah, it was like $7. That's the crazy oh, thing. But I was hoping that college, you were going to be like, you know? and then I never spoke to that person again for the rest of my life. No, I paid them back, but I just needed a little more time. Hannah Hillam, um, a woman who always pays her debts. <laughs> Unless I forget, which I've done. That's true. I could see you more forgetting to pay your debts rather than uh, refusing to pay yeah. them. Yeah. I've had people be like, by the way, you still owe me this. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that what? was like three or four years ago. So anyway, flaky. Oops. Okay, so... While he's away, Shintano, Shintani, shoot, Shintani, mm-hmm. uh, the Haradas are like, oh, okay, well, he's not coming back. We're just going to go ahead and do plan B, which is um, to steal the papers back. Okay. So here's where their plan starts. Their, their, the, the plan of action starts. So um, Nishi, why can't I ever, I had these names memorized earlier, and of course they go right out the window. You should Nishikai have had your papers Ichi. where all the names are written down and the attack plans I burned together. them. So you can keep referencing them. Dude, some guy came in and took them from me. Um, and then he ran into the woods. because Yeah, he's sad. in the woods. He's a beekeeper. Anyway, Nishikaichi and the Haradas decide mm-hmm. to first go to the warehouse. There's a warehouse nearby 
where the guns are being stored. Okay. So they realize they have to create a distraction for the guards. So Irene puts takes out the phonograph and puts on okay. some loud, like if you can imagine 1940s music. <laughs> it's like some ja- old timey jazz, basically. Yes. Some swing music or like big band or something. It might have been. <laughs> and she puts <laughs> she puts the music on to hide any sound of a struggle. Um, and for some reason, they discover there's it. only... It's just straight up like an old cartoon. <laughs> no, seriously. It, this gets even it's more like, cartoonish. Does Bugs Bunny show up wearing like <laughs> coconut hey. bra and like a, like trying to pretend to be a woman to distract the guard and like take his keys away? Nishikaiji's <laughs> like, uh, his eyes go, ooh, wow. <laughs> Like then they make their like they pop out of their the skull anyway yeah in a cute way not a gross way um yeah anyway she puts on the music for distraction to hide the sound because they're planning on like attacking the guards and they find that there's only one guard outside (laughs) so they're like oh this is way easier than we thought fine so they had no trouble just getting grabbing him and locking him in the warehouse where the guns are after taking the guns so yeah they lock him up. Um, yeah. And, and so then they're like, okay, now next step is to go get those papers. And we're pretty sure they're at Kalei Hohano's house. So they start, they get in a car, like a wagon pulled by a horse. Cause remember there's no cars. There's, there's nothing. nothing on there. Yeah. 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 And they put all the guns in this wagon pulled by this horse and they like ride this cart up the hill, uh, to, uh, Kalei Ohano's house. And Kalei Ohano is out in the outhouse at the time. Oh no! This is them. my worst nightmare. Like, You're in the middle of taking a shit. I think he was. <laughs> I think he may have been done because he saw them and he was like, "Oh!" So he ducks down and hides in in the in the outhouse. Oh, did he owe them seven dollars? He did. <laughs> uh, how did you know how this ended? <laughs> oh wow! Thank you. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Kaleohano is like, I better hide. Uh, and he was probably so annoyed. He was like, that guy tried to bribe me. I'm just going to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And then he sees these guys escaped. Um, so he sees the trio and they're holding a gun uh, and headed toward his house. So he decides, you know, duck down and hide. Yeah. And he watches as they go to the plane, which he had take, they had taken near his house. Mm-hmm. And they torch it <laughs> oh. <laughs> towards the plane. But not before they try to use the radio to, to talk to Japan. And it doesn't work. Um they totally torch the plane. They take all the guns off of it, take all the ammunition, and leave it burning. And oh my God, yeah. And um, uh, what's his There's name? There's no like fire department, is there? Like no. on the island, that's they're not going to show up in a, tr- in a no. fire truck to put this out. No. Nobody's coming. He's like, like no- thanks. You just light this thing on fire by my house and leave. Oh, there's more. So Kaleo Hano is like, what the, f-? you know? And then he realizes they're walking over to his house, Uh-oh. and. He oh so they're walking to his house and he decides to run because he was like they're not looking I'm gonna run and warn the, re- the rest of the villagers and so he Good. leaves smart. the outhouse. This guy, runs. this guy's smart. Yes, dude, this guy's a hero. And yeah. of course they somehow see him, so they start shooting at him. And uh, and like an action movie, he's like dodging it and running, nice. and he gets away unscathed. Awesome. And I know, right? And somehow I don't know how this happened, but because I couldn't figure out when he got a hold of the papers, but. Um, Kaleo Hano has the papers. He has yes, the Japanese. Of course, papers. he does. So He's the best. He probably had them on him. If I were him, he, I'd keep them on that's me what at took all with times. Him, that's yeah. what he took to the outhouse, and he was like, "Listen, <laughs> God, these are my constant companions." <laughs> yeah, he has to read them when he's on the toilet, or worst case scenario, if they run out of toilet paper, you never know. 
Good idea. Yeah, How wipe my ass with these paper. Be? To war plans to murder <laughs> more people. <Awesome. laughs> Pearl Harbor. I'm gonna wipe my yeah, anyway. Um Yeah. That's a real so American. <laughs> he's running. And in the background, they're burning his house down. Because, oh no. Yeah. What? They're like they, they see deliberately him like, burned his house down, or yes. did the like, did, like from the plane it no. caught? <sighs> they torched what a dick it. Move. So, I know. And so they at some time, at some point around here, Irene is no longer with them. So I don't know where Irene goes. It's kind of hazy. Later on, she was like, I wasn't involved. Mashu um, <laughs> definitely was. So she's no longer around. They burn his house down. He sees it and he's like, runs to the village, warns Not everybody. Cool. Yeah. He's so pissed. Imagine he's like, I'm in, he's in his field and he's just doing, minding his own business. A plane crashes and ruins his whole life. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't ask for this. <laughs> I was just trying to do my farm work. Leave me alone. Yeah. Being punished for doing the right thing. And so he warns everybody and everyone's like, you sure about that? And he's like, yeah, dude, they escaped and they're burning down things. They burned and down my house. Everyone's everyone is skeptical until one of the guards that they had. Um, that oh, they right, had the one that they put into the gun storage mm-hmm. locker. Who's 16. <laughs> the 16 year old guard comes back and he's like, guys, and then it corroborates the story. And so everybody runs. Uh, leaves their homes, get hides in caves and bushes and in the mountains and stuff. And Kaleo Hano, being awesome, he's like, mm-hmm. that's not enough. So he climbs uh, Mount Panai- Panayao and he ignites this huge fire. Oh, on my a, God. On like a, yeah, like Gondor. It's like calling for Gondor, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gondor calls for your aid. <laughs> and they didn't come. What? <laughs> no, they did the next day. But no, that that actually was a huge Theoden that was really being important. Prideful. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I used to have that speech memorized because I was that kind of kid. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he ignites this Gondor style warning fire and awesome. He organizes some this guy's of the residents. So great. <laughs> oh, he's so cool. I'll, I'll put pictures of him up. He's yes. he looks awesome. He looks like a guy who would absolutely be able to do all of this. Um he organizes some of the residents to sneak into the only lifeboat on the island mm-hmm. and row to Kauai, uh, which is I'm afraid an eight, to ask this. How far? Okay. Ten yeah. hours. <laughs> ten hours so of rowing? <laughs> yes. You just, you just blew my eardrums out. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I uh, just snorted. Um, so they get going because he's like, we can't, lo- we can't waste any time. It's only like 10 p.m. You can do it. You can get there overnight. And so they leave. It's like six or seven people. And go back. So we're leaving him now. He did. Uh, uh. <laughs> Kaleohano for a bit. And we go back over okay. to Nishikaichi, the pilot and the Harada. Right. Or right. now it's just Yoshio Harada. So the two of them, they're pissed. They're so pissed off. They're going around with the guns they took from the plane. So like machine guns from the plane and just house shooting through. Yes, house to house, <clears throat> kicking down doors, shooting through doors. They were absolutely trying to like kill oh, people. That's terrible. Um, and looking for Kaleo Hano because they're like, okay, we burned his house, but we have to get him too, just in case. Um, but luckily, Kaleo Hano had told everyone to leave. So the village was empty. So he saved Man. the lives of all of Everybody. these people. Yeah. And so they're both super frustrated, which is kind of. <laughs> I can like see this as a movie, <laughs> just them going crazy mode right now, just being like, we can't, nothing's Berserker. going right. Yeah. yeah. So 
the two of them come across this resident who had come back to his house. He had evacuated his family and went back to his house. And I don't know why, but he was back at his house and his name is Kalima. And they see him and he's like, oh, and they, so they take him hostage and they force oh. him with a gunpoint to yell out the names of people uh, to see if anyone answers so they can I find see. him. So he's yelling out names. And of course, because everyone's ride or die, nobody answers. Hell yes. And it's like, yes, <laughs> they, no one answers. And he's like, they're just not around here, even though they were. Uh, so they let him go. And um, they're like, you're this, useless. Like you didn't do anything yeah. for us. Good. Go away. Let him go. Um, so while they're still like going around the village, Kalima uh, is now free. And so he mm -hmm. he runs into his old neighbor, Ben, Ben Kanahele. And Ben okay. is six foot five inches tall. Uh, super strong and just like this unit of a man, you know? And absolute unit. <laughs> Kale absolute unit. And Kaleem is like, we've got to get those guns they were using and get rid of them. Yeah. So yeah. he gets Ben. They go back to the cart where they left the cart. They take the guns from it and the ammo and any of the other weapons in they there. They just left they, it unsupervised? They're going berserk mode. They're like not, <laughs> no, they're not, they're not in their right minds. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is also, they were still burning down the other house. So I think they were also on doing that as, at the same time. You turn your back for one second to burn down a house. <laughs> Can't even trust people to not steal all your illegal weapons that you stole from the <laughs> from the Capitol building or whatever it is. Oh, we're talking about... <laughs> or sorry, the not Capitol the Capitol, building? but well, the, the Capitol, like the warehouse. Yeah, the warehouse. I like that you call it. The like town the armory. Building. <laughs> yeah, town, town armory. Um Anyway, so Ben and uh, Kalima bury yeah. all these weapons on the beach, and then See, this Ben's is, like, "Again, smart. They're so not smart. like trying to go like shoot everybody because no. that's just going to get more death. They just get rid of right. Uh, this is great. It's so much smarter. Fully than on board what I would with have all done. of this so far. Yeah, exactly. Because we're dumb and we're Amer we're mainland Americans. We're like, yeah. how do we kill everybody to get through this? <laughs> we're the only ones who can survive this, and I'm gonna. Right. Yeah, no. If I didn't. Or I would just bury myself in the sand. <laughs> there I go again. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I didn't. Bury your I was, own grave. <laughs> today I was like, today I was like, I'm not going to mention burying myself. I'm not going to mention no, you my should. grave. Why but would you deny yourself the pleasure of burying myself alive in the sand? No, of just know. of mentioning it every episode. I'm saying. Yeah. It's a drinking game. Every time you mention it, someone has to take a shot. <laughs> Even if you're at work, take a shot. <laughs> okay. Uh, so at this point. So Ben, that Ben, the big tall guy, Ben goes and back to the cave with his wife Ella. They're hiding in one of the caves, and at this point, it's like early morning on the thirteenth, and the pilot yeah. and Harada are still looking for Kaleohano, who has seemingly just disappeared completely. <laughs> like, These guys are nobody the worst hunters of all time. <laughs> they had they had a terrible plan. Nothing Awful. was working. And this island's only what like thirty feet wide or something. They can't find them no, this entire time. Like no, I'm joking. Not thirty miles. feet wide, but still. Yeah. There's only so many places that people could hide. For seriously, yeah. And they he has Harada with him who's lived there his whole life. So like he yeah. knows, which which is kind of make, makes me wonder if he wasn't giving him what he wanted anyway, like Harada. Why did he, like why I would he get if, him riled up in this whole this whole situation. I don't know. Place? There's just it's all this that happened is very and you'll find out why we don't know much okay. about what happened here. Um so they're lo still looking for Kaleohano. And uh, they go back to the village to find anybody to help them, to, to try to threaten anybody to tell them where. And 
they run into Ben, six foot five Ben and Ella, his He's wife. Like, Remember me, bitch. <laughs> no, he and they were out searching for food. And Ben is just over it, man. He's so sick of these people. And so they <laughs> they hold Ben and Ella hostage. And they're like, we're going to kill Ella if you don't go find Kaleo Hano. And Ben's like, fine, I'll go find him. Yeah. And he walks away and just kind of pretends to look. <laughs> and like, kills time. <laughs> That's like when my wife asked me to get something from the fridge. And I'm like, I don't know. It's here. I Can you find it? it? You're weaponized you never send a man to find something. It's <laughs> <is> weaponized incompetence. <laughs> I'm the same way. Yeah. I'll look in the same spot for like. No, I actually do find stuff a lot of times. And then when she can't find it, I find it. And then I'm like this. We have torn like a hole into the space time continuum. This should not be happening. <laughs> Gender roles are no yeah. longer. So Ben is like kind of going along with it. And he's like, okay, I can't find him. I've looked everywhere. And the pilot's just. He just loses his mind. He starts screaming at Ben and cursing him in Japanese and just like fully insane. And Ben is so tired of it. <laughs> he's just like, dude. And he looks at Harada and he's like, can you take your new friend's gun? Because he's insane yeah. and he'll probably kill somebody. And he kind of gives Harada one more chance to like prove that line. he's not. Yeah. yeah. And Harada's like, oh, and he's in English. He's like, no, because if I do, he'll kill me. <laughs> If you and take Ben his is gun. like, and Ben's just like, all right. And so, uh, while he has a chance, Ben Ben just tackles him. He tackles Nishikaichi to the ground. <laughs> After uh, he had he had given, I think he had given Harada his gun to reload, and that's when he tackled him. Um, but he's Nikichi, like, here, take my gun so no, to seriously. reload it. These guys are like, <laughs> like cartoon villains. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So the pilot, Ishikaichi, quickly grabs a pistol from his boot. Like a, like oh, he has a movie. another one. He's a backup. He yeah, a, of course. He gets a backup and he shoots Ben three times. No. And don't worry. Ben is indescribable. Okay, like, okay, good. I was very attached to Ben. <laughs> oh, same. I'm, I love Ben. Um, ben, hit, they hit it, he hits him in the chest, his hip, and his crotch. So three places that would probably take anyone out. But Ben just stands back up and... He, as he's standing back up, Ella, his wife, smacks the gun out of Nishikaichi's hands. Nice. Like an absolute legend. Yes. And Ben picks up the pilot and just throws him against the wall. <laughs> he's like Darth Vader, like attacking yes. the emperor at the end of Star Wars. But he's just so annoyed. He's so angry. He's like, this is so dumb. This um, is such a waste of our time. No, seriously. That's Ben's attitude where he's just like, come on, man. <laughs> We're better than you, this. You could have not done this, but you did. So um, the pilot is completely knocked unconscious at hitting this stone wall. And Harada starts to run away. And Ben's like, absolutely not. And so he starts to chase Harada. But before he can get him, Harada turns the gun on himself and oh. shoots himself in the belly. Oh, and no. kills himself. So straight harikari. Yep. And Ben was like, "F." And so then he turns around, and as he's turning around, he sees his wife Ella just crushing the pilot's head in with a big rock. Oh! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's gangster he's so, style. Dear no, lord, he's so proud of her. He's so proud <laughs> of her. Like, he, he was so impressed and happy. I and, never loved you more <laughs> than I do right real. now. Because imagine you're just like, yes, you just, you know, like we're a team and we both killed this dude. Um, 
Then he I, just I finishes the job. She, you know, if some guy who tried to kill us, she, some guy who shot me, and then she bashes his head in yeah. with a rock. But like that's I'd hot. Be like, that's a that's a ride or die wife. I I agree. That is. Yeah, that is. That's, she's worth keeping. Not that you weren't you, gonna. Can you imagine what happened when they went home? Oh dear lord, X rated. Oh. We're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> The passion. The, what I imagined was him going to a hospital. Oh, yeah, that too. But the <laughs> but yeah, lovemaking right. after your love. wife murders someone in your honor. <laughs> Who hurt after you, you that threw is him true. out of a wall. Yeah. I mean, this is like a movie. Like, I don't know yes. why they haven't made a movie about Ben and Ella because they're also this. This so is like cool. relationship advice. If you're having like a rough patch in your marriage, have Kill someone murder someone in your honor. <laughs> Okay, okay, I'm like a relationship therapist, and it's like, okay, how about you just try adding some murder and um, killing a man it's for each other? Revenge, I guess. Is revenge, sort of what it is. yeah. In your, it's, yeah. Well, I think it's mostly just trauma bonding, but yes. they stay married for the rest of their lives. Um, Love, of course they do. Of course, yeah. You can't go through that and not. You can't divorce no. a wife like that. <laughs> Why? You no. Can, no. Why so would you she, ever? She crushes his head. And he finishes the Ben is like, I'm just going to slit it, cut his throat just to make sure. And so he does. And he said later, he said, I was so angry. <laughs> that was his quote. I was so angry. <laughs> like, so, just uh, anyway. So the I ship appreciate is, him being in touch with his emotions because most me men too. from that from that generation would never tell you that they're upset no. or angry. But he just straight up was like, I was very angry. I was pissed. I wasn't, I, I couldn't handle my, you know, I mean, I, yeah. I get it. Like you watch this guy bash in all the doors of your houses and burn people's houses down and be like, yeah, I'm and he so tried to angry kill you. you. Yeah. And he shot you three times. And yeah. Ben being an indestructible legend just stood up and threw. <laughs> awesome. Just, just stood up and cut his throat. The next day. So Ella walks, Ella leaves and she goes and meets up with the ship because those people had actually made it through to Kauai. Oh, they finally came and, through, right, and right, gotten right. help. And so the owner of the island came back and with like some like marshal and like all the military goes back and they like examine it and they'd already buried the pilots. They were like, yeah, whatever, just leave him. Um, they got the airplane, they collected the papers, they took it all in and, and things kind of went back to normal. And <laughs> except they did arrest the beekeeper. Um, what? Why? Uh, well, you'll you'll find out. Uh, he was Japanese. This incident, oh. this incident uh. was a huge uh, influence on the decision to have internment camps. Oh, yeah. So it probably would have happened, uh, but not as bad as it did if this did not happen. So the U.S. government argued that these people, the Haradas, had never shown any pro-Japanese sentiment or anti-American sentiment and yet oh. they were they were flipped so easily so how would we know how do we know who would actually do that or not so we may as well illegally intern everybody so um, this is the case that like justifies yeah. internment camps yes holy One shit oh yeah oh my um, god I know I didn't realize that until I read through this and it, I wouldn't say it's the only case, but it was uh, one of the arguments like, well, yeah. how can we be sure? Because remember the Niihau incident and uh, Shintani, the, the beekeeper, was taken and interned for the duration of the war. Ugh, um, but he's I know it, he was like 60 at the time. And yeah, it was. I mean, uh, yeah, it's we all were, it's uh, all awful. Oh, it's all just of, all it's, of it's awful. It's terrible. And like 
because so so yeah so Shintani was released and he actually ended up becoming an American citizen in 1960 and moving back to Niihau and spending the rest of his life there with his um his wife that was from the island. Anyway, Shintani sounds like he came out of it being like yeah, cause he, it wasn't all he did was be Japanese on in the vicinity. Yeah, literally that's it. Yeah. And all he did was say, "Yeah, I'll ask this person." And then he ditched. He wasn't helping at all, you know. Anyway. Also, it sounds like if we're to speculate, he was like, "Yeah, I'm not dealing with." He's like, "Oh, I need to get the hell away from this yeah. guy. This is bad news." Understand? I would have been, I would have been like, "Actually, no. Yeah. I'm I'm in too deep. I just want to keep bees." Yeah. Irene, um, Yoshio's wife, Irene Harada, was imprisoned but was never charged with crimes relating to the incident because she insisted she was innocent and there wasn't very much proof because both people who she was with are now dead. Um, Convenient. And then. It wasn't until 1992 in an interview where she finally admitted that she did help him. She helped the pilot and she said, I felt bad for him. (laughs) Man. (laughs) Which is like some complex human, deep human. I don't know. Anyway, she ended up moving back to Hawaii and lived on Kauai. Um, Oh, so she didn't even go back to the island. No, she didn't no, even go back no. to Forbidden Island. I don't think they would have <laughs> liked that. <laughs> if I were the you're Robinsons, I'd be welcome. like, not you. <laughs> you're, yeah. not, you're not coming here. Um, Kaleo wow. Hano, the hero, mm-hmm. he yeah. received the, the nation's highest civilian award. Hell and yes. He, so he received the Medal of Freedom, and so did uh, ben. ben. Yes. Ella received nothing. What? Which, she yep. bashed that dude's head in. <laughs> I know. She killed him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know why, and she never really fought it. So I think, you know, watching yourself bash someone's head in is enough to... I mean, if it were me, I'd be like, I don't want to think about that ever again. So, Or what's that Shakespeare quote is, greatness knows itself, is basically yeah. how Ella is. Yes. I think she was just like, I don't care. I, I did my job, protected my husband. But it's still, I want to say, Ella, man, you drove that we home. We salute you. Yeah, we she, salute Ella. The killing blow is no small thing. Which I'm not saying killing is good, but like in that scenario, yeah. Yeah. In one fell swoop, she she destroyed uh, this terrible person that tried to kill everybody and saved her marriage, which I don't know if it was in trouble (laughs) at that point, but it just (laughs) re-upped their marriage. (laughs) Next level. Um, Next level, their bond, yeah. Kaleo Hana was married at the time, and he I think he had one kid at the time, but he went on to Uh have seven seven kids total with his wife, Mabel. Um, yeah. They moved to one of the main, the bigger islands, and he became okay. a reverend and served in their local church for the rest of his life. And he had a long, healthy life, and he died Beautiful. at the age of seven, 74, surrounded right. by family. So awesome. uh, Nishikaichi, the, the pilot, uh, yeah. his remains were finally returned to his family in the 50s. Um, um, up until then, they thought he had just died in Pearl Harbor because the U.S. military was like, we are not talking about this. Yeah. We're not talking about who the pilot was. They kept it a secret. They kept it all under wraps. And then finally, they they gave his remains back. They had to back come clean it, with it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so he ended up back in Japan with his family. His remains did. Um, oh, my God. But yeah, thanks to this incident, people became very troubled over the loyalties of Japanese or Japanese-appearing people. Yep. Um, historian Gordon Prang wrote, quote, the rapidity with which the three resident Japanese went over to the pilot's cause troubled the Hawaiians and added, the more pessimistic among them cited the Niihau incident as proof that no one should, could trust any Japanese person, even if an American citizen, not to go to Japan if it appeared expedient. Expedient. So it's Thumbs dark. down. Yeah. No, it, it, it's one of those things where like, this was one person, two people. 
yeah. that does not reflect. Yeah, this is one of America's many dark, many, many dark many, spots. Many, many, <laughs> many, many, many dark spots. <laughs> mistreated their own civilians in the name of um, keeping people safe. Uh, yeah. It violated the Constitution because yep. they were locked up without trial or judgment. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, these American citizens of Japanese heritage were taken from their homes and interned. Much of their land was redistributed and bought by white settlers and white Americans while they were interned. So when they were released, they had nothing to go back to. When they were released from the internment camps, they were each given $25 and a train ticket. $25. Um, Yeah. And it wasn't until the 80s that Ronald Reagan was pressured into signing a law that awarded them $20,000 each. So there were some reparations, but, you know, not enough. <laughs> took a while and not enough, never enough. Uh, because if you think, think about how those, all that livelihood they lost, all their shops that were closed. Yeah. While the story is crazy and very intense, uh, it did end, it did end up contributing a lot to our racism and fear of um, anybody who didn't look like us. Because remember, mm-hmm. we didn't lock up Germans, so... <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, uh, no. <laughs> anyway, that's my story. Wow. Isn't that nuts? That was that was <laughs> that was crazy. That was excellent. Yeah. Oh my god! Have I really been talking for an hour? You've been talking for forty-seven minutes, but that's okay. <laughs> no, actually, that's okay. not true because we had our intro. You've been talking for forty-five minutes, <laughs> but <laughs> okay. Uh, we might have to cut some of that. Um... <clears throat> hey there, this is Adread Kaba here to give that poor little guy host Kaba a break. Hannah and I would like to ask you for help by going to nebula.tv slash 500 open tabs and signing up for Nebula, where they have exclusives like why our TVs wanted to kill us in 90s movies by Tech Alter. Ever noticed that 90s movies were obsessed with evil media, shows plunging societies into ruin, video games that trap and torture players, and VHS types that kill anyone that watches them? What caused this sudden obsession? These kinds of wonderful video essays never cease to amaze me. I had to get a master's and go countless thousands of dollars into debt. But you kids now? You can get an annual subscription to Nebula that gives you the same insights for the cost of a carton of eggs at the time of this recording, probably. You can find this video and dozens of other high production originals on Nebula, a video streaming platform built by and for creators. And along with videos and podcasts, you can now learn new skills in Nebula's fully produced classes. Go to nebula.tv slash 500 open tabs and get 40% off an annual subscription. By signing up, you can support other creators like Maggie Mayfish, Princess Weeks, and many more. Remember, sign up at nebula.tv slash 500 open tabs. Otherwise, Hannah and I will assume you hate us and will cry, much like host Kava is doing right now from not being allowed to talk for a whole two minutes. Your turn. Wow. 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 Yeah. I need a second to like, whoa, yeah. I was, I was invested in that. It was a lot. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I'll put some um, pictures up on the, on the, on the internet or on the, on the post yeah, of like I wanna, Ben I want to see what all these guys look like. Yeah. Yeah. They look like they're, they're awesome. Your turn. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Let me pull it up. It's going to be a long episode. Oh yeah. Very long. Um, I almost like, I feel like I need to like ramp myself down from that. I got very, <laughs> I got very like, huh? what? Okay. <laughs> right. I need to shake it off. Yeah. Shake it off. Get, 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 
Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. Okay. So the reason why I wanted to go second was I started to do the research on my topic. And as happens every episode, it's like, oh, crap, this is big. Uh, and it got bigger and bigger <laughs> Tell and me bigger. About it. <laughs> <laughs> and it got crazier. And I tried to go back and edit. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to edit this one because it's fun. And I figured out a natural point where I can split it. So oh, this are is going to be doing a, a twofer. I'm going to do a two-parter. Wow. So first it's our one. first one. First two-parter. So I'm going to do the first part. This is why I wanted to go second. So I could do Makes sense. the first part. And then the next time I can do... I can go first, so that way it sort of feels, first, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you don't have to sort of like shift gears as much. Nice. So, thank you. I'm excited. Okay. Yeah, this one, this is, this is okay. You'll, you'll see why I had to like, why I got really sidetracked. By the way, whatever, like, I don't know, however many tabs I've closed as a result of this show so far, I think I opened up like ten times more of them just trying to figure <laughs> this one out. Oh no. Okay. We'll have a long so, closing ceremony. Yeah, right. Uh so I'm going to try and keep it as, you know, succinct as I can for this first part. So, mine is a is based on an article from Popular Mechanics. It's written by Dylan Taylor Lehman and the title of the article is The Flood That Swallowed a City. Oh. Okay. Okay. So, I had never Scary. heard about this. I didn't know anything about this. It's sort of uh it's it, okay. So, this was a big deal and a lot of smarter people than I are, you know, smarter about this. They've written sort of books and gotten whatever, but I, I had never come across it, but it's got the three elements that I think make a great story. Death, destruction, and dickhead rich guys. <laughs> <laughs> Those That's been a theme for most of your stories you've chosen. The three Ds, yes. The three Ds. <laughs> yep. Death, destruction, and, and dickhead talk. rich guys. Dickhead rich guys. <laughs> So the flood is the Johnstown flood, which was oh. referred to locally as the Great Flood of 1889, happened on Friday, May 31st, after the catastrophic failure of the South Fork Dam. Where is this located? Uh, in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania? Are you... Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I've never heard about this. I've and never I'm, heard I, about this. I've happened... I read the list of um, national disasters all the time. <laughs> yes. Or this, I have... And this, the the death toll for this was about 2,200 people. So this was <gasps> essentially like 9-11 sized in terms of how many people died. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was a big deal. Okay. Yeah. So I never heard this. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I never heard about it. Thank you, Popular Mechanics. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So Johnstown, I keep calling it Jonestown, by the way, which I know is not <laughs> yeah, the correct careful. thing, but I keep reading it as Jonestown. <laughs> also a it's, high death toll. <laughs> High death toll, not nearly as many, but no. So, Johnstown is this is this town that's built in the early in uh, in the early 1800s, and uh, once they discovered that it was rich in iron ore, it like started to flourish as a town. Mm -hmm. By the end of the century, it had around probably about like twenty to thirty thousand inhabitants, and wow. the main business that everyone really depended on was the local steel mill which was the Cambria Iron Company. Nice. Uh, and a Cambria Iron Company invested heavily in Johnstown, schools, roads, you know, like concerts, whatever. It was basically a company town that sprung up around this iron company. Okay. And so for the first half of the century, there was the Pennsylvania canals, 
right? So these canals were crucial to this town because it connected them to the East Coast and most importantly to Pittsburgh, which was at the heart of the steel industry at the time. And of course, you know, weather will change. There's rains, there's droughts, whatever. Sometimes it's heavy, sometimes it's lighter. Uh, And it became a bit of an issue. So they decide that uh, the, the state of Pennsylvania decides that they can't risk that these canals go dry or high or low. So they decide that they're going to build um, a dam to be able to control the water flows on this. Control um, nature. Yes, control nature, control how much water goes in and out, you know, because there's also these towns that have sprung up now around this. It's not just Johnstown. There's also like little villages in the area and it's like a big, you know, they're transferring a lot of steel and stuff throughout this area. Um, so about 14 miles upstream, they build uh, what would end up becoming the South Fork Dam. Can I, and, can I say something? Yes, go ahead. I I have to just somehow um, sho- shove anything about whales into this at all. Not the animal, the country. Um, this okay. area was settled by mostly Welsh uh, immigrants, and uh, Cambria is the the Latin name for whales. And so they really? started all these yeah they started all these steel industries and coal mining industries. They took what they knew from Wales and brought it to Pennsylvania. That's my little thing. Go your your turn. <laughs> You're laughing. What you laughing about? <laughs> All comes back to whales. I have some special interests. There were so. no whales that got trapped in in the canals. Unfortunately, they didn't explode anywhere. None of them exploded. Oh. None of them exploded here, sadly. But you know, we do. We'll do the best that we can. Anyway, so rivers so, and canals. Rivers and canals. So they decide to build the South Fork Dam. Now, the South Fork Dam is this huge, huge undertaking. It has many stops and starts. Some people, you know, it loses money. It makes money again. So the entire thing takes about 15 years to complete. Whoa. And it's finally finished in 1853. Well, that's early. Okay. It's early, right? Right, right in the half, halfway through the century. So it was an earth dam and it was the largest in the world at the time, about 72 feet tall. And the dam was known as a gravity dam because of its own weight acted as a force to secure it in its bedrock foundation and resist the outward pressure of the water it contained. I had your face as I was reading this article right now being like, I don't understand what any of this means. I don't really understand how dams work. I don't know what any of this, how this has to do. (laughs) It sounds important. So I was like, okay, I need to understand what the hell any of this is. So I ended up having to open like 50 more tabs about how dams are built, how dams function, (laughs) what this dam was, (laughs) what caused this dam. So because there's a lot of context for it. A hell of your own making. A hell of my own making because I couldn't let it go. Mm-hmm. And so so this is I'm going to do my best to try and explain this. Obviously, disclaimer, I'm a humble artist, just a storyteller at my best. Uh, I don't really know. I don't have an engineering degree. I'm really just trying to do this as GED and simple as possible. I may or Thank may you. not have done several several searches in YouTube for uh, how dams work kids, children's. <laughs> Explain to me like I'm five how dams work. Explain to me like I'm five. I'm not embarrassed. This is how it was. No, no. Uh, I did find one channel called Elementary Engineering, and there was this Indian guy who narrates it. Fantastic. Shout out to that guy. Uh, He did it in in the simplest way possible that even, you know, a schlub like me could understand. (laughs) Uh, Now I'm an expert in earth dams. So the short version of it is earth dams are made of soil and rocks. So there are three types of soil that are used. It's pervious, semi-pervious, and impervious, which, as you can imagine- Is that where impervious comes from? I mean, I think impervious isn't necessarily- I don't know if it's originating from dams. I think, I mean, anything can be impervious or pervious (laughs) or semi-pervious, but it definitely applies here. 
Yeah. Got it. So the combination of these kinds of materials is what allows you to control the flow of water that can seep through the dam. In this case, an earth dam. So an earth dam is just made from natural materials. It's not made from like, you know, they're not mixing concrete or anything like that. Right. They're just using like dirt, basically dirt and rocks. Just try and keep it as simple as possible or clay or whatever. Pervious obviously means water can get through it. Semi-pervious means some water can get through it. Impervious, no water gets through it. Again, we're going as basic as possible as we can for this. Um, so you need a little, a good combination of all those different materials in order to make an effective earth dam. So the best way to think about this is, is that a dam is like a gigantic, massive, 70 foot tall M&M. Whales are cats. Dams are whales M&M's. Whales are cats. Whales are m or Sorry, dams are M&M's. So okay. the, cho- the chocolate, the chocolate on the outside of the M&M, that's your pervious, right? So okay. if, you, if you put the chocolate next to the water, the water can get through the chocolate because it's pervious. Right. Now, if you have too much pervious material, the water will just sort of go through it and it won't hold it in place and it won't block anything. Uh, okay. Eventually, it'll start poking these holes and then basically make it all sort of pointless. What you need in the center is an impervious, which I like to think of as the nut, the peanut in the middle of the peanut M&M. Oh, we're doing peanut M&Ms. Oh, peanut M&Ms are what you need. Oh, you don't like peanut M&Ms? No, they're garbage. Hater, hater. They're my favorite. They're the ones I love. I've already lost you. Can you think of a different chocolate that you'd like to use for this? I'm following. Okay. So the peanut M&M is the one that works. So what happens is if the water goes through the chocolate and hits the peanut, it can't get through the peanut. So it has to like go up and around it and it sort of slows it down and then comes back on the other side. Are you following? Yeah. So it can go around it. Yes. But But you need like a, you need like a thing in the middle of it that, that stops it. To like slow it or just stop it completely. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Not to completely stop because if it's totally, because again, this is all about you don't want to block the water completely because you're, the right. rains are going to come and the spillway won't necessarily like provide as much of an exit for the water as you'd like it to. Mm-hmm. So you kind of got to let it like seep through a little bit so that the river can continue to flow. Got it. Now, got it. Got it. If you're going straight baller, you'll have the combination of all three, and then you'll have the semi pervious, which I like to think of as like caramel, caramel surrounding oh, yeah. the peanut and the chocolate around it. So. I see. <laughs> No, I'm this saying? makes sense. Yes. Right. This is very sure, again, helpful. Thank you. <laughs> if you had done it with like just straight science stuff, I'd be gone. I no, I was I'd gone. Physically I physically be here, but I would be not physically or not in my body. I understand. I'm sorry. It's M and M's that are not your favorite, but you know, I try. I like M and M's. It's fine. I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. Hate I'm sorry. Everything. Peanut M and M's. It's okay. Uh, so ideally, if you have a combination of all three. You don't necessarily put the peanut directly next to the chocolate. You have a little bit of caramel in between it so that, you know, all these things are contributing to the water going through the dirt and the rocks and not sort of blasting all the way through and poking holes in your dam. Got it. And then, of course, you have your outer shell, which is the coloring and the M&M logo that also contributes to the water not wearing down the dam. Following? I am following. This is so much easier to understand. Okay. (laughs) It only took me like six hours to figure out how all that means. I just condensed <laughs> it to you as much as possible. We started a podcast to have fun, and now we write an essay every week. We're just doing homework every week. I think I've said that already before, but man. Yes. Uh, so there, you, you got your giant peanut dam, right? That's made of <laughs> yes. soil and dirt and rocks. So uh, additionally, at the bottom of this dam, there's a stone culvert with iron pipes that drain water to the river. So think of this as like a base layer. 
bunch of rocks covering a pipe and the pipe has like a switch. So with those pipes, uh, you have like a control tower nearby. You can feed the canals. So you can decide like, I want some water to come through or I don't want any water to come through. So like you're sipping through a straw, you stop the straw. Following me? Yes, I'm here. I'm These here. all contribute. All, all I'll contribute stop to you it. if I don't know what's going on. Uh, okay, good. I just don't want you to. I don't want you to get too bored. I promise, all I'm this not, will pay I'm off at bored. some point. <laughs> I'm having fun. Okay, good. <laughs> this is why I like this. I don't have to read anything. Okay, good, good. Uh, additionally, for this bridge, I'm sorry, for this dam, they have a 98 foot wide spillway that was carved into the rock on the north side of the dam, which okay. could guide the overflowing water to the river below. Okay, so it's like one of those truck ramps. Yes, yes. Like when you're driving up the five and you have like the emergency where like the truck, truck goes ramp, up and yeah. then it goes up like, the slope so it doesn't crash into everything else. But in this case, mm-hmm. it's wanting you to crash the water into the river. So this is in case that Got the dam overflows. So, okay, that's it. That's all you have to know about dams right now. Okay, okay. So at this time, uh, what did I say? It was uh, it was 19, or sorry, 1853. Mm-hmm. It takes them 15 years. They make this incredible, gigantic M&M style dam. And you think it's a big hit, right? It's amazing. This thing's yeah. this beautiful, you know, feat of construction. It's the biggest in the world. It's awesome. Everyone's stoked, right? Right, no. right. No, no, psych. Because guess what happens in the meantime <laughs> while they were spending all those years making this dam? What? The railroad industry explodes. Oh, duh. Yeah. Yeah. And now you got trains. Trains are like faster. <laughs> they're sexier. They're better. They make your hair grow back. Better. They give you abs. Suddenly your father <laughs> respects oh. you and tells you he's proud of you. If you're on a train, it's proud great. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot of projection. Cana- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the canals are sort of like lame and outdated now. You know, canals might as well be right. wearing skinny jeans and eating Tide Pods. <gasps> that ship has How sailed. They're not cool you? anymore. I wear only skinny jeans and I only eat Tide Pods. How dare you? <laughs> You're basically a canal in 1853. <gasps> you know Sorry what? to say I'll it. Own that. I'll own that. I own it. Yeah. So they spent all this money and time making this gigantic dam. And it basically like doesn't matter now. And so <laughs> it's, useless. <laughs> it's useless. It's this useless project that they spent all this money into or they dumped all this money into. So it kind of goes and it sits for a little while. It's like kind of being maintained, but like not super duper. And eventually in 1857, for reasons I don't understand why they allowed this, the Penn, uh, the Pennsylvania Railroad actually buys the entire canal system. And my assumption, I don't know, I, I couldn't find exactly why they allowed this. I'm guessing this is like before you have like anti-competitive clauses of any kind. But the idea that the railway yeah. can just buy the canal system and be like, this doesn't matter anymore. Bye. But yeah, you know, under the guise. That's kind of what led to like the crash of 18, the 1880 something crash where everyone yeah. was just land grabbing uh... and ruining everything. Yes. So the, the literally the industry buys it and is like, whatever, it doesn't matter. And pun intended, Jeez. the canal system is dead in the water. <laughs> Sad. Yeah. So the dam just kind of sits there and it's like kind of maintained, but not really. It's just sort of this object of curiosity at this point. And, you know, sometimes it floods and when it floods, they'll just sort of, you know, there's holes in it. They'll patch it up with straw and mud, but no one's really specifically in charge of this. What? They're just leaving yeah. it? 
they're just, I mean, technically, you know, the, the Pennsylvania Railroad owns it, but no one's like really, it's not like a publicly funded, you know, upkept thing at this point. Not right. that infrastructure is super taken care of now, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and so nope. the, Nothing's the, changed. the locals of Johnstown sort of get used to it. And for them, it becomes like this kind of like badge of honor where they're like, oh, yeah, we're from Johnstown. We're used to a little bit of flooding. Oh, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? They're like, whatever. It wasn't uncommon for like a foot of water just to come into the town. And they're like, whatever, liberal. Sorry, they don't sell Capri <laughs> pants where you're from. Yeah. <laughs> they make it part of their identity. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, sorry, it's not your liberal, like, you know, coastal elitist college where you major in avocado toast and no one floods. <laughs> we just have floods here and that's how we like it. We like fl our towns flooded and our beer domestic. I don't know if this is actually <laughs> the politics of that, but. You know, it's a good guess, I think. Yeah. Uh, and that's just sort of easy come, easy go. That's how it is. There's floods. It happens. People take care of it. They don't take care of it. It becomes part of the identity and time passes. And in 1875, a congressman, John Riley, he buys the dam, yeah. the lake, and the surrounding area for $2,500, and he holds on to it. Now, wow. again, I'm not quite sure why a congressman is buying all this land <laughs> from anything the railways. Went. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's very anything. Different was, times. Right. You could do almost anything if you had money. Yes. Uh, not that you can't anymore, but, you know. Right, it, but it's just so outright. So he buys it for $2,500. Yeah. And around this time, there's this local rich dickhead. His name is Benjamin Ruff. Ugh. And he has a dream. He has a dream. They always for, do. They always do. They have a dream for a rich dickhead society. <laughs> so <laughs> a special rich dickhead club. Pretty sure I live there right now. That's true. You In do. In Silicon Valley. <laughs> it's kind of a similar thing, actually. Yes. So wow. he has this plan. He wants to buy this whole shebang from Riley and he wants to turn it into like his own version of like the Bohemian Grove and like, you don't know, do ritual sacrifices or whatever. It's like a place <laughs> hey, for, for them to turn. I, I mean, I don't know about the Bohemian Grove. That's speculation. But okay. he wants that to turn it awesome. into this place, this this like summer area where him and his rich dickhead friends can all sit around and hang out and like hunt other oh. human beings or whatever it is that they do. <laughs> mm hmm. And Riley sells it to him and he sells it to him for about $2,000 and he loses like $500 in the process. Wow. Now, Riley, like a normal person would have been like, okay, well, I lost $500. I'll just write that off on my taxes. It's fine. I'll just deduct it from my income and count that as a loss and figure out. Riley's like, no, that's not okay. I lost money on this. I'm not fine with it. So Remember that stone culvert with the iron pipes that drains water to the river that's on the yeah. bottom, like I was talking about, the straw? Yeah. So like in the 1800s yes. equivalent of stealing copper wire, he's like, no. before the sale is done, he goes and he takes out all those pipes. What? And he sells it for he scrap metal. Them? Yeah. He just takes so them. <laughs> oh, I have the feeling that I got when Pippin made all that noise in the mines of Moria. Yes. That's the uh, feeling uh -huh. I have right now where it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. So Everyone's gonna he, take, die. he takes it all for scrap metal. I've been thinking a lot about it. Lord of the Rings, by the way. I've I love been thinking Lord of a lot about it lately. Me yeah. too. Patty Grid. Anyway, he takes <laughs> Fool of a Took, yeah. Just throw him down that so well. He, um, Fool of a Took, yeah. So he basically he like steals the copper wire equivalent of the bottom of this of this dam, takes it and runs, makes up the cost of his money, and he sells it to Ruff. Wow. Uh so around 1879, 1880. Uh, Ruff takes it over 
and he starts to develop the property into what will become the exclusive South Fork Fishing and Hunting Club. Oh. <laughs> this is his rich dickhead society. And he gets to work. He's just like, listen, we're going to make all kinds of changes to this. It's going to be awesome. Because it's basically, the, re- the reservoir is connected to this. It's now a giant lake on top of this hill that's like looking over everything. Yeah. So there they build summer houses. They build horse stables. They build a clubhouse. And it's not enough. He keeps going. He <laughs> never enough. Take, it's never enough. He takes the crest of the dam. So the crest of the dam is like basically like if you have a bathtub, right? The ledge of the bathtub, that's the top of it. Yeah. So that the water doesn't spill out. He's like, it, it, it tapers, right? It kind of goes up like a little yeah. pyramid-y type thing. And he's like, you know, it's not that wide for carriages. So he cuts it down. <laughs> he, he lowers it by two feet so that it's wide enough to have the footpath accommodate carriages, which brings up the which brings the top of the bit of the dam within six feet of the water. <laughs> Just because you're rich does not mean you're smart. Remember Apparently that. these guys are geniuses. These are captains of industry, right? <laughs> wow, that is so dumb. Yep. And it gets dumber. Wow. Oh. On top of that, <laughs> right? On top of that, he has this. He has this lake, he has this, uh, you know, he's widening it for carriages and stuff. He's starting to expand it. And he's like, you know, these are men of leisure. They're rich. They're going to want to hang out here. If they're, What if there's not enough stuff to hunt? So he's like, you know what? Let's just bring in a bunch of fish and we'll dump the fish into this lake and into this reservoir so that when people are here, they can sit and fish and have a good time. So he just dumps them in. He just, <laughs> the equivalent oh of like God. basically taking like, oh, dumps a bunch of fish into this yeah. I think we're gods, you know? Yeah. No. I mean, these guys, at that at, for their day and age, they basically Definitely, were. It was like yeah. unchecked. They could do whatever they wanted. <laughs> Put whatever fish they wanted in there. So they, so again, so they fill the holes. They fill that pipe area. It's There's no longer pipes in there that are actually draining any of the water out into the river. Mm, okay. uh, they start filling it with, uh, with fish. And like I said, there, of course, the leaks and all that continue to happen. There's leaks, holes, whatever patches that need attention. And so- the club laborers, they're again, as rich people do, they're like, well, I don't really want to do a good job here. So they start filling it with dirt, shale, hay, manure, and old bricks. <laughs> they're ba- they're barely compacting it. They're barely filling this this uh, dam up for any reason. And wow. <laughs> all the work on their wow. dam essentially starts to prevent any drainage, right? I'm not sure if you knew this, as I said earlier, but dams require drainage. It's not about stopping all the water. It's about controlling the flow of the water. Right. You can't just block it all off. Yeah. On top of all this, right, they filled the pipes. They filled all these like stupid holes. On top of all this, the club placed screens in front of the spillways. You know why? Why? Because they didn't want the fish getting out. So all of a sudden, (gasps) there's like- these screens in front of the spillway so that the fish don't escape. So okay, are, are they are they cleaning are they cleaning these screens? Nope, they're not cleaning the screens. It's just <laughs> dirt's collecting. <laughs> so it's basically like kind of like you know when you go shower and then like your hairs all come down like you know the wife hair oh, comes yeah. and uh, yeah, gets it clogged onto the screen. That's that's yeah. what it is. And then but you like, have to, like the fish take it all out, yeah. Yes, but no one's no one's cleaning it. <laughs> So this thing's bad. getting set okay. up. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad. Uh, it got so bad that Daniel Morell, who has the most vicious neck beard I have ever seen in my entire life, 
It's literally just shaved Hold face. On, with I want to go look up. at it. <laughs> Daniel Morell. Yeah. He was a member of the club and the general manager of the Cambria Iron Company. So he understands a little about engineering and dam building a little bit. Okay. So he's, he's slightly knowledgeable on it. He's slightly knowledgeable about it. And he's like, dude, holy shit. What are you people doing? This is literally the stupidest thing I've ever heard. This is going oh, to be good. a disaster. A, a disaster. This is going to be, this is going to end poorly. You guys do not under, you don't understand the first thing about dams. You don't understand the first thing about controlling the flow of water. You can't do this. And Ruff is like, stop being a downer. Shut up. And he's like, no, dude, please. Like, uh, let me, let me, I'll, I'll pay for an inspection. I'll pay for the inspector to come. I'll even pay the money to have the proper repairs happen. I'll just pay for it. Like, don't worry about it. I don't care. It's, this is a huge concern. I have the money. I can cover it. Ruff is like, dude, stop trying to yuck my yum. Can you please just, <laughs> can you just let people enjoy things? We just want to have this dam that doesn't let water get out and we want to be able to fish in it and we want to lower the edges of the dam and we want to be able to ride carriages and we don't need to hear a bunch of riffraff from some guy that used to own. <laughs> from some to, science man. From some science guy who like thought, thinks he's somebody. With a neckbeard that's only on his neck. Yeah. Turns they're out. basically like, shut up neckbeard. Yeah, we got I this covered. This what photo? do you know? Yeah. The photo, he only has a beard on his neck. It's nowhere else only. on his face. It's literally the most, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's the most unbelievable neck beard I've ever seen. I, it's really gross. Anyway. It's So it's he's disgusting. trying to stop them and they're like, absolutely not. They're like, nope. And sure enough, doesn't matter because the club is a huge hit. It's a huge hit. Ruff gets a hundred families to join his stupid club, including those of Andrew Carnegie, Andrew Mellon, no. and Henry Frick, to name a few. So... This is literally like, again, for, for for context of the time, this is like they build this place and then they get like Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk and like, you know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg to all be part of this, to be all part of this like summer club where they have fake fishing and like this terrible, horrible dam that's there. Oh, so lame. And of course, this thing's like basically like an ivory tower above Johnstown, right. right? So people who work in Johnstown, like they work at a steel mill. They're not like they're not going up to this club at any point. No. So they just sit on their tower, ivory tower and they're judging from above the city. They're like, oh, we're basically like kings of industry. We're the greatest human beings that have ever lived in the history of the universe. And the South Fork Fishing and Hunting Club enjoys a quiet reign for close to a decade. They're having fun. They're fishing. They're hunting. They're, you know, they're doing their weird Illuminati meetings. They're sacrificing right. goats. Sacrificing. They're killing. They're dancing naked in front of owl statues, whatever it is that these guys yeah. are all doing at that time. A hundred percent. All of that. I'm pretty sure, actually. Yeah. They're doing all of it. They're doing all of it. Yeah. And so they go about their business again, still within Johnstown. There are floods. Floods are happening it's sort of like eh, start, rumors start to spread where they're like, did you hear about this guy? You know, Neckbeard, he kind of was. I heard somebody said something that Morell was like complaining about this. And they're like, is there maybe there's a disaster that's looming? We don't really know. Is this thing going to burst? And everyone's like, I've been here. I've lived here for 20 years. So basically, this goes unchecked. Everybody in Johnstown sort of gets used to it. There are rumors. They're sort of like, eh, I don't know, maybe, whatever. Like, we're fine. Until on May 30th, 1889, okay. two storms, two storms come. No. One from the south and one from the north. And they meet in the middle of Pennsylvania. 
Okay. And they they have like this this like battle first, right? So they're like, you know, they're doing like a they're they're having like a walk off, trying to figure out who's gonna establish dominance of storms. The storms. <laughs> the storms are. And okay. basically they decide to put their differences aside and they're like, what are we fighting for? Let's just become like a super storm. And so these two <laughs> storms converge. Oh no. And become a giant storm. Oh no. And a low pressure system stalled over the state and dumped an estimated six to ten inches of rain on the Connemar River Valley. Just that night. And just that night. Yeah, the first night. Oh. Ten inches of rain. Ten inches of rain is in, that's an insane that's amount insane. of rain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and predictably, Johnstown flooded as it as it has many times in the past. Mm-hmm. And the residents are used to this, but they're all of a sudden like, dude, this is not normal this is this kind is a of a lot of water. this is a lot more water even you know even whatever you know billy bob's great great grandfather that has lived here for like four generations he's Another never one, seen yeah. this much water that actually <laughs> has, he looks has up a, from uh, making cheese or whatever it is yeah like yeah distributing cheese, and he's they, like this is a lot of water all out. yeah yeah but but nobody panics right because the people of johnstown that's not what they're known for they're known for keeping you know cooler cooler heads prevail Yes. And they kind of laugh it off. Everyone's a little bit nervous, but they're not saying anything. And then the next day on the 31st, back at the South Fork Dam, things started to get a little stressful. In fact, they started to get extremely stressful because at 7 a.m., starting at the beginning of the day, there's only about two feet between the top of the water and the top of the dam. Wow. And what's, what's worse, at the top of the lake, a bunch of debris starts to collect. So if there's like a bad storm, you start to get like trees that fall over and like rocks right, and right. stuff. So these things start pooling and collecting at the top of this lake as the levels are rising. Mm, and from okay. 7 a.m., the water starts raising every single hour until it soon became clear that something catastrophic was about to happen. Oh, no. And that's where I'm going to end today's tab. No. <laughs> are you serious? Yes. You're ending it? Okay, that's I'm fine. End that it makes there. sense. Uh, I, I wanted I won't to read do. About it. Yes, I was going to say you got to promise not to read it because I won't. We're, we're already a little bit long on time, but I, I didn't want to rush so through because it it gets so horrific uh, no. it, in ways that like I don't I don't even I couldn't imagine how crazy it was going to get. So just a teaser about like what happens. It, it gets okay. It gets it's bad. unimaginably crazy. Okay. It get it's it's. It's horrific because of the deaths, but it's almost comical in how insane it gets. So I figured wow. that that should have its own thing. And, and I'll get into all that. And I'll, I'll get into the sort of there's like. I like this two parter thing. Uh, anyway. So, yes, you got to turn in next episode to really hear about. But now but now, you know, the context for it. Now, you know, yeah. all the setup for what was going to lead to the failure and what happened and why the failure was going to happen. The Fire Island of Dams with way more deaths. Yes. It's a fire island? Firefest, not fire island. Oh, fire festival? Yeah. Fire festival yeah. of, da- of, the, of yeah. dams, yeah. All the residents of Johnstown, they're paying, you know, $5 for a cup of water. There, there are these tents everywhere that they're really mad about. Sandwiches with just cheese on them. It's horrible. I'm, just, I'm confusing it with Woodstock, which was a similar I think incident. Things have happened Woodstock over and over again. 99, all of this is being <laughs> combined into one event. It's almost well, like really, humans keep repeating the same mistakes. It's almost like we never learn. Yes, weirdly enough. Now, nothing scares me more than like, so like growing up, I lived at the foot of a canyon Mm -hmm. and there was a dam in the canyon. And I remember I was in an AP environmental science and 
the teacher was like, yeah, so if there's an earthquake, here's what's going to happen. And here's what will happen first. And here's what comes next. And he pretty much was just like, if you live here, here and here, that dam is drowning you. You're dead. And I was like, yeah. oh, no. So ever since then, I see the dam and I'm like, <laughs> and uh, it's been like, it's like I used to get like nightmares about it back in high school because mm. I was like, I live in the dam zone. <laughs> I live in the dam zone. I live in the dam zone. But yeah, he was uh, so like flippant. He's like, and here you'll die and you'll die and you'll die. And we were just like, <laughs> we're 16. Anyway. You're like, thanks. Uh, so I think now we're going to close our tabs. I'm just going to go ahead and close the tabs that explained how dams how dams work because that's the thing i don't necessarily need anymore for next week yeah. so that i have something to close um let Let's me see. see where is my it's on my desktop yeah. so open all 10 of them oh, they're on your desktop look at you Brandy. i had to like get crazy with this one yeah i had to get wild i had to do a lot of different i can tell there's like so much more that you just you perfectly set this little stage and then you're gonna take me on a horrific journey next week horrific I'll try okay. not to pick something that's too much about death. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I guess I didn't. I'm not going to surprise you next week because now no, you know what the no, second part is. No, this is good. Now be, I but... can. Now I won't do what I was going to do, which is also horrific. So uh, I'll wait. Okay. Okay, you ready? And you can yes. count this time. Okay. Three, two, one, close. Close. Plane crash. Is that? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I'm, you left me on a cliffhanger, but I'm really excited. So thank you Halfway for- Halfway there. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, so now it's time to move on to listener emails. Yeah. Uh, would you, you like go to go first? Or, yeah, I'll go first. Okay. Um, let me just pull it up. All right, so mine is from <laughs> Bailey from Tacoma, Washington. Mm -hmm. And she says, this is a screw you to everyone who says white chocolate isn't chocolate and it's just nasty sugar garbage, including my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so she also attached um, a, a, a tab about white chocolate. And she said, white chocolate can claim its chocolate status because it's made from cocoa butter, which is the fat squeezed out of cocoa beans that is extracted from the cocoa liquor, which are used for brown chocolate. Furthermore, the byproduct of the pressed beans is cocoa powder with like five exclamation points. <laughs> I didn't realize that white chocolate's chocolateness was in question. Oh, really? People are always, whenever I say I like white chocolate, they're like, you know, it's not really chocolate. And oh, I just like, mostly am like white chocolate's disgusting would be my response, but not like white chocolate isn't chocolate. I just assumed it's chocolate, but I just don't yeah. like it. Oh, that's, that's a shame. Actually, you're probably Sorry. better off not liking it. It's, it's. What do you think about it? It's kind of gross. So she she goes on to say, or they go on to say, granted, a lot of large corporate cough cough American cough cough chocolatiers aren't willing to go through that expensive process for higher quality white chocolate. So they'll typically import the butter and use a mix of cocoa butter and other fatty oils like coconut or palm. Mm -hmm. My partner and I have been on the hunt for high quality white chocolate ever since, but I feel so vindicated and can eat my white chocolate bark and macadamia nut cookies in peace. Love you, Bailey. <laughs> Thank you, Bailey. Bailey. Bailey's mad. <laughs> Bailey's mad at her mom about white chocolate. I'm mad at Bailey's mom too. Now, now she can see. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Again, I, I didn't even know that that white chocolate was in question. I didn't. I had no reason to assume that it was in question. You never heard anybody it's like called tell white you that? chocolate. Like, what the hell else is it going to be if it's not chocolate? <laughs> right. Right. All right, what do you I have? I don't know, man. All right. Uh, <laughs> we have 
We have an email from Robert in the UK. Robert writes, good afternoon from the UK. After the first episode, I went back to my oldest tab and actually read it. It was a reflective piece about LARPing your job and how easy it can be to check out of actively working instead of lo just looking busy. It led me to think about yeah. current, my current job as a therapist and how it compares to five years as a barista and how much easier my Larp, life is now. LARPing your job as a therapist. As a therapist. Uh, no, I think the point is that they, they do not LARP their jobs as a therapist. Yeah. Right. Uh, so he goes on to say, working at a coffee bar meant being constantly busy. If I wasn't making drinks, I was cleaning or checking stock. A 10-hour shift would be 10 constant hours of being on my feet and working. And now, as a therapist, yeah. I'm not actually speaking with a client. There is so much less pressure than before. There is time to enjoy a coffee whilst writing clinical notes or reading a journal article to help with a new therapeutic difficulty. Whilst I don't think I LARP my job, my current life is so much cushier than my decade in retail. Loving the episode so far. Very excited to go on this journey back into my forgotten tabs and bookmarks. Best, Robert. Thank you, Robert. So, thank you, Robert. I did read the article. It's uh, the LARPing for your job is a bit about like people going on to like Slack to be like, like I put, I did this. And it's like performative sort of like doing updates or like putting stuff on LinkedIn or like thumbs upping something or like saying that you updated a thing. And how the performance of your job is very different from actually doing the job. That is really, you know, I think there's a lot of people that do that. That, And you yeah, feel like, yeah. well, I must be behind because these people are always working. Right, right, right. Because I'm constantly really updating like, others. I think everybody's just lying until they can catch up with their own lies. Right. It's sort of like the person who updates I swear there's nothing wrong with my relationship. I'm not projecting. I just, for some reason, this is where my <laughs> mind keeps going. Where it's like the person on Instagram who keeps posting like the professional photo shoots of them and their partner. And then you're always like, oh, this oh, this is, this couple's in trouble the once rocks. they start doing, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's why LARPing is this post so detailed? <laughs> if the post is too detailed, I'm like, and my children are my blessing and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we're like, oh no. Yeah, no, I, I, it's bad. Or when they combine Facebook accounts, I'm like, which one of you cheated? No, no. That's the healthiest ones are the ones who like never update, I feel like. <laughs> it might be. They're just like, what? I don't have time. Anyway, uh, I think in the article, they also talk about how it's different for people like us who have, who are in the creative industry where we're like, who the hell am I LARPing to? Like, I don't have anything to update. Yeah. Like, there's no one. So it's kind of weird and you kind of feel this sense of guilt because you don't necessarily you're not able to say like, well, I read this tab today or wrote this or whatever. So you can't anyway, report to uh, people. Yeah, exactly. You can't LARP your job, but that's okay. I think wow. is what they're saying. And I think that's what Robert's talking cool. about. Yeah. So we'll, I, I like always, we'll record, we'll uh, include the links in the uh, show notes. Um, I just like the idea of using the word LARP for things that it wasn't meant for. I love it. Yes. Uh, I use LARP a it's lot. It's great. Yeah. Me too. LARP or cosplay. Well, thanks, Robert. Yeah, thanks, Robert. <laughs> yes. Thank you guys for your submissions. We cosplay as cartoonists at the next convention we go to. Oh, LARPing. Cartoon LARP. Dresses each other. I got to get some scarves. Yeah. Got to get a black dress. Wear some black the same black dress every day. I was going to say, what, do you, what makes you think I'm not wearing one right now under this scarf and hoodie? <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have assumed. Don't assume. Uh, I actually do always make the point to Sarah where I'm like, I, I, I don't have the balls to do this cause I'm too antiquated and self-conscious, but 
I don't know why I shouldn't be able to wear like a skirt all the time because right. it's in the summertime. It makes much more sense that you that I, mm-hmm. uh, that that that's just the airflow and the sweatiness <laughs> and the swamp ass that I get. I'm like, <laughs> it seems oh, much more functional. I feel like the Scottish know what's up. The Scottish have got this down. Yeah, same with like Hawaiians and Tongans and yeah. stuff. They, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm they like, get this, it. this is perfect. It's not even like a cultural. I'm just. This seems like logical yeah. to me. Uh, anyway, so hopefully we can make that popular, yeah. but I probably won't be the one to lead that charge. I'm too self-conscious. I kind of am too about upper things. Legs. Yeah. <laughs> you got pasty upper legs? Upper legs because I'm always Who wearing shorts. Who says you're going to wear a miniskirt? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to wear a skirt. I got to show off these beautiful legs. legs that I work out all the time, Hannah. Come on. If you got it, You do walk it. a lot. Yeah, you got walking I do. legs. <laughs> and biking. Don't forget. I give you the bike updates. I've been walking in the mornings now, and it's kind of nice. Job. Thanks. Yeah. It's helpful. Yeah, it is. It yeah, I see the same people every day. Do you do that too, it's, where it's just like the yeah, same yeah, people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred percent, yeah. Walkers. <laughs> yeah, especially in the morning, there's a whole different world of people that you wouldn't see yeah. otherwise. Yeah. There's this guy that always walks by me that wears socks up to his knees every day, no matter what the weather. Interesting. And we're on saying hi basis now, so. Nice. Maybe he should be a guest on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sock man. Um, yeah. Hundred. My tab's anyway. about socks and knee highs. <laughs> And how they're uh, great. They're great, yeah. Anyway, um, thank you, everybody. And oh, I wanted to say before we forgot that we're going to be at Emerald City Comic Con together at a table. Yes. Uh, February 29th, right? Yes, February 29th through the 3rd of March because of we March. start on the leap year. This is a leap Weird. year, so we start on leap day. That's a Thursday. So Thursday through Sunday, we'll be there. Uh, yeah. The table number announcement will come soon. Uh, before Still we forget, given it. The, uh, if you have a tab, we. The submissions have been great. We want more, 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 more submissions. Don't Please keep emailing. Don't be shy. We love getting them. We can never get enough. Please email them to 500 open tabs. That's 500 open tabs at gmail.com. Let us know who you are, where you're from, a brief anecdote or fun thing that you learned from your tab. And of course, the link to the tab. The, we Please send them. We love it. It's really, yeah. And um, if you're thinking, no, I'm not, not going to do it this time, just do it. Yes, just do it and let us decide if it's good or bad. If it's terrible, yeah. we just won't use it. But I'm sure it's yeah. great. They're, none of them have been bad so far. No. It's kind of yeah. like my fu- – For I don't know how you feel about this. For me, it feels like the treat at the end of the episode that we get to read yeah. somebody else's. Yeah. Well, it's like a fun little window and like, oh, what's one more thing I'm not going to read about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's We get to have salami as a treat, which is our, <laughs> our listener emails. <laughs> If you want, you can give us some more salami. Anyway. Yeah, give us some more salami. But we also uh, have social media too of our own. Um, I'm at Hannah Hillam on all the things and you are I'm at permafriends on Instagram and at Kavitaharian on Twitter and then also we are 500 open tabs on Twitter and Instagram and then mm-hmm. also we have our discord channel which oh, yeah. is starting to slowly populate but we we want again we want more 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 yeah. um, I think I'm going to do a post the day that this drops I start doing these on the days uh, that they drop on Instagram where we can link directly to it because discord requires us to update the link weekly um, because it expires. So weird. Okay. It's okay. Whatever. It's just for privacy reasons. Um, But yes, join the discord, follow us on social media and at YouTube, YouTube. YouTube, So many people don't know that we're on YouTube, which I was shocked by. You can watch us. You can watch me yawn five times during his story and feel, and then, yeah. It's, it's like the real experience of talking to me in real life. It's perfect. You perfectly (laughs) simulated it. (laughs) It was only three times and it was not you. Anyway, you can watch us talk and uh, do this and it's, it's pretty fun. You can see facial expressions sometimes add a little bit more to it. So. Yeah. Anyway, 
anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Alyssa, for cutting it all together and being our friend. Yes. And do you remember what we decided last time? Is what no. our ending was going to be? It's going to be Keep It Josie is what we're... Oh, that's <laughs> we're right. Keep it, keep it Josie 500 taps. <laughs> Are we really are we really doing that? Why not? Keep it Josie right. until we have another Keep one. Keep it Josie until we can figure something out. Josies of the world, please don't forget to submit your tabs. We want to know. Right in. We want to collect them. There was a dearth of Josies this week. <laughs> it's very sad. <laughs> but until well, next time, keep it Josie. Keep it Josie. Bye. And th- thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.